us through the talking, just relax and unwind. Laugh your ass off, baby, have a good time. Robin, you, Seth, yeah, we something sublime. Run your mouth, bitch, yo, we out of our minds. Run your mouth, bitch. We are here, buddy. We are doing it big, in studio, having a party. I think maybe you should start going by Yousef. Yousef. Yeah, I'll pass on that one. I think it's a little bit cooler. You don't, so you don't like cring- the rhythm to it's it? It's so cringy every time I hear that. Why is that so cringy to you? I feel like he, na- he, put a little, my name. he put a little stink on it. He, he urbaned it up. If you were going to go on tour as a rapper. A different urban. Yousef. You a the a rapper. different urban development. Yousef the saver. That's not bad. Except it if makes I you went sound on cheap. Tour like as yours. what? <laughs> as Yousef the saver. The savior. The savior. Oh, the savior. Yeah, like you're going to save. Because if, if it's the saver, it just makes you sound like the cheap Jew that you are. <laughs> and Yousef sounds like yourself. Yousef. Yeah, it's not bad. But that's my name. Not Yusuf. No, Yusuf, Yusuf, Yusuf makes you sound uh, a little more Arabic, maybe. Uh, very much. <laughs> <laughs> very that, much that's my whole uh, It's like we completely point. changed. All right. I mean, we got, some, uh, we got some big news to discuss this week. Well, let's hear it. And I'm anxious to hop into it, but before I do that... What's the Usel report? What do you got? More uh, Barry talk? I don't want too much Barry talk. Well, I tried to line up a call with Peggy. And what happened? She, it fell through, but um, maybe we'll get her another week. Um, yeah, no, just back to the just back to the, the grind. daily grind. Was I, that's the funny thing about vacations is it theoretically it refreshes you. I oh, think it no, actually you need a vacation from the vacation. I think the second you come back, it's more it's all it's almost more like when you're in the routine, it doesn't bother you as much. Whereas when you first show up, you're just like, oh fuck. Yeah, and then also it, so much shit is piled on because you were away. No, not so much of that, but more it was like it was more of a like, oh fuck. I'm back. Like, I'm back doing this shit instead of just eating brownies not, yeah. and sitting out and trying to find berries. Right. Why can't being a berry adventurer be my entire life? <laughs> well, it could have been. We could have, I could have parlayed those. You could explore the whole world and <laughs> yeah, for exactly. unique berries. And just leverage Peggy <laughs> for all the, all her uh, the, worth. The adventures of Yosef and Peggy uh, looking for berries. Well, that was the we'll thing. We'll have to work like, on the title because that was pretty terrible. Yeah, that, that's not a good working title. I don't think but, you uh, could pitch that to anyone. <laughs> no, that would fail. That would flop big time. But um, I think you'd get a get the fuck out of my office. But I feel like at that time, what I was sitting on could have been sold for an obscene amount like it had it had more value than the futures you're in the futures market what are the futures oh, on that's exa- is there I mean, a future markers for sherry's berries marion berries marion berries <laughs> Is there a futures market for it? No, that's the thing. Like, were people? Uh, were you there for it? Were people shorting? Or no, I mean, longing oil big time prior to the flood. Um, it was kind of baked in ahead of it, but um, it didn't really. It, oil didn't really make that big of a move. I, I think it was already the, priced in since the. Oh, I thought since the flood, uh, it's got moved up what quite got a bit. worse. Um, I don't know. How do you um, get in early on those weather? Like, I, I'm sure there's you have some to, like that, be tracking it. Like, but there are probably some before. hedge funds that really specialize in that. That are, oh yeah, like, yeah. I remember, I, yeah. But they'll target like certain periods also because you could, you know, get the different future contracts for each time period right. and kind of play the that arbitrage game of when you think it's going to be at the highest and and the lowest. Basically, like yeah, you gotta set, you gotta explain that to me. That's yeah, a little sophisticated. You, let's for, just say like if you think it's gonna be a really bad stretch between you know August and, and September. Oh, okay. 
then you know you're able to oh, so buy you, long the September con you know like you, and you short long, the other one. I get right. it. You long the September contract and you short the October contract or whatever you know. You straddle it. <laughs> I don't know if that's straddling. I just remember that straddling was a type of options like thing. Correct. <laughs> but, and it um, sounds so sexual. Yeah, I straddled a lot of Marion Barry <laughs> while I was out in Oregon. But um, no, that it was. I don't know. Yeah, it's just fucking back to the. Ugh. The Jew finance world. All right. Well, I read a news story the other day that I'm very, I'm very upset about this, Yosef. Let's hear. Apparently, there was a parade celebrating. It was nude marchers were celebrating Go Topless Day in New York City. And what angered me about this is I'm a person. I read the news every day. How am I finding out about this kind of shit after the fact? Yeah, you think that they would promote it a bit. Not just promoting it. I'm the, I feel like I should. There, there should never be an incident that I'm not in the know about. I spend a good two hours a day reading the news. If there's going to be a topless day, I'm reading the wrong news that this isn't coming across my desk. Did you desk. Like read back to see if there were past articles past, about it? No, I didn't I didn't delve that deep. Maybe I should be doing a little more research on this. Well, I was offended. How did you not? I, no, that's a fair point. I should do that because I'm offended because I feel like if you're in New York City and you're celebrating people's breasts, how are you and I not including that? We've got great racks. <laughs> we should be including this. We should it's be true. getting the first invite. <laughs> yeah, to portray the... You know, the, the premier... The premier racks of New York City includes us. I, I'll shave down. <laughs> I'll get some of that Chester out of the way. All right. No, but um, the thing is, and it, what sucks for you, you would have easily been able to go to this. Yeah, I don't have a day job. Yeah, I mean, I do. Just, I just don't do it. But no, anyways. I'm just saying, you'd be able to march yourself down there and see a bunch of tits. Oh, I love right? tits. Yeah, that, that's the goal. Okay. And, and what was the turnout for that? I don't know. I didn't, not... I didn't do that much research about it. I was God. just, I was so upset that so I found all, out about all, this you, after the fact just had that I didn't you... do. I keep finding out about good shit after the fact. For example, there's this band Ween. I love this band Ween. You ever hear of Ween? Nope. Maybe we'll, let's play a little Ween in the background. Um, so Ween, they're kind of like a, they're like a jam band kind of band. I would say they're a little bit like Frank Zappa. Um, so we anyway, talked about this before. No, I don't think so. But I feel like there's a similar story about this. About Ween? Not about Ween, maybe another band. No, I found out, dude, I was at one point considering they got back together. I was going to go down to Virginia to see them. Wow. And then at one point, they were in New York City in Brooklyn. I found out the day after they were here. And I was like, how the fuck does that... I keep being one day too late on, on good shit. I don't know if the mics are really picking up this Ween. Should we plug in a third mic so people can hear the incredible awesomeness of Ween? No. It's not that important to our listeners. I'm sure you could hear it. And that that uh siren for out from outside. Alright. Um what was I talking about? That something to do with tits? Okay. As a professional protester, I have to comment on the most recent protest. Are you ready for this? Oh we're we're done with the tits uh We're done with the tits protest and tits march. Yeah, we're done with the tit talk. Um, people showed up outside of the White House, and they were protesting the possible um, not increasing of the debt limit. And they all wore the exact same costume. How do you think they dressed? Like uh, Ted DiBiase. Who's Ted DiBiase? He was a wrestler back in the 90s. The Million Dollar Man, who wore like jackets that had just dollar signs on it 
That's not bad. They didn't do that. Next okay. guess. I'll give you another guess. Uh, that's that's all I got. I'm really just giving you guesses so I can play some of this awesome music. All right. So here's another guess. They were dressed as Trump. That's some sick guitar playing, everybody. Um, no, they dressed as dinosaurs. Why to 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 um to bring call to the fact that there's an extinction? I don't know. It was terrible. It was terrible, Hold on, wait. dude. They they were in like dinosaur costumes. Yes, inflatable dinosaur costumes. Oh, perfect. Now here, I, I'll play the video of them running. What? To me, this is so ineffective because you look out your window <laughs> and you're like, I love it. That's hilariously entertaining. Like who's gonna who's gonna look out the, the window and see these guys marching <laughs> and yelling and be anything like you can't other even than see anybody's face? And how would that not put you in a good mood? Like a hundred a hundred dinosaurs just <laughs> flopping around there. Th- this was some real production value. I mean, people put real money into everyone having this costume. I feel like if you want to show up somewhere, you want to look disturbing. You want to be like all giant bloody tampons or like a whole bunch of turds so that he looks out and is like, what the fuck is that? But you don't want to just look hilarious. Uh, yeah, I think that's great. What, what, Good what? job by them. I don't think that this is uh, effective at all. Well, you know, who cares about the actual message there? Stop the nation from extinction and they're all dressed <laughs> like dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad. I, I like it. It's almost I'm on board. Ba- it's almost as bad as the I'm going to join their gang. <laughs> All right. Um, what what was I going to talk about next? I don't know. I want to talk about. Tell me about anything. I want to talk about the fight. You watched the fight. What? Oh, think? I did see the fight. I uh, I don't know. I'm not like that big of a. It's not like I'm. I watch a lot of UFC or boxing, but like the big things. I'll watch and then pretend that I'm an expert. Right. Well, that's what this show is all about. Yeah, so exactly. give us your expert opinion. Um, not so much about the uh, the fight itself. First of all, like I felt, I was like, there's no way Mayweather's gonna lose, but I was hoping that he would because he's just such an such arrogant a good guy. guy. Um, but he—that's his thing. He realized that. Well, they're he both could, big showmen. No, he's a big showman, but I think. Mayweather's game has been to play the heel that he's like purposely unlikable because people will pay to hopefully get to see him finally get knocked out I think well, that's, that's I think that's kind intrigue, of his, yeah. his marketing character yeah but I more so wanted to talk about the viewing experience of the fight okay I was if this is just about the berries you ate while watching it oh I didn't I, eat I, anything <laughs> this is I, I had to like be very on top of it wasn't like I was able to casually watch this no good snackage um, I might have eaten a little meal beforehand. But I went to wh- down. I was at Dave Smith's. They had wings. They pulled in pizzas. Wow! They had beers so it was like going. Yeah, it w- they did it big. It was. How like many Super people Bowl. were down there? How many people were at Davy Smith's? And it was um, like an actual kind of viewing party. Dave Smith's got a great hang- like a great setup for um for like watching sports. Uh-huh. Uh, like he's got a big couch. It- it's like a almost like a college basement kind of feel, but it's like a like a man cave kind of thing. He's got a big old TV. Uh, circular couch. There were probably 25 people down wow. there. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good hang. All right. I could only watch three rounds because I had a spotted LOL. So I watched the first three rounds. I had to run out. But, you know, I <laughs> ate some of their pizza and wings before I bounced. There you go. You have to. It's, it's a your win. responsibility. No, I, I was I was very... 
I wasn't able to just sit back and watch because I had to be on top of all the the periscope sk- streams that <laughs> that I was going from one to the other Such a as they were as they were being taken off. But I thought, it was a very yeah. active. It was an active viewing experience. I guess that's that's a new world of people just streaming it on their phones for yeah. other people to see. I guess in some ways it's very charitable. People yeah. are really trying to do their part to exactly. help out their fellow poor people. Dude, you know what's crazy though? I because I, I left during the fight. Firstly, New York City was dead calm. No one on the subways. No one in the streets. But outside of bars that were showing oh, it, it was probably flooded. There were. I've never even seen that for like the Super Bowl or sporting events. Oh, because you know why? Super you don't Bowl, have to, you go. You're, no, you don't have to pay for that, so you can see it anywhere. So this was enough of. But like UFC events don't get that kind of traffic. No, so this was enough this of a, a spectacle. I told you this yeah. was going to be a huge fucking thing. Yeah, people, you were like, oh yeah, there's some bar that um. Able to go to, and it's not going to be crowded. I'm like, it's going to be, be crowded. Fu- it's going to no, be people a, were a like, fucking mob. It was scene. interesting. People like standing on top of fire hydrants to try oh, and be yeah. able to see into the bar. Like, I, I passed a bar. I actually got a picture of this. There was probably 150 people circling the bar, and, and people it. standing like on top of cars and fire hydrants trying to see in, which was interesting. This was my one take. Fun fight, fun spectacle, whole thing's fun. <laughs> Complete bullshit that they called it when they did. First and foremost, first and foremost, I watched a YouTube highlight of it, and you hear Conor McGregor right away go, "That's bullshit." Like if there's if it's a legit stoppage, the person just falls down. Like he could handle more. That's firstly. Secondly, I've watched in the UFC people take way more well, of a this beating wasn't of that. The UFC. I get that it's not the UFC, but I've seen people take way more of a beating and come back. Third is the guy's getting paid a hundred million dollars. Part Let of what him, uh, finish part, it out. Part of what we were paying for was. Even if Who's he's we? T- I wasn't paying a dime. Okay, sure, just- sure thing. Part of what I think people were paying, it was a spectacle, and part of that spectacle was if he's taking a beating, can he take 12 rounds of a beating? Like, in order, or it's like, can he rally? Can he make it to the end? Can he come back? And it's like, right then when it's like, oh, I think he's going to get finished. He's going to get put down. You cut it short. You, you ruin part of what we all paid for. We all got here. It's only happening once. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I have a little, I, I, let it play out. Well, I th- the guy's got to go he... down. I don't think it was. It wasn't. It wasn't enough to go. Hey, I'm saving this guy from injury. And I've, this se- I've seen boxing over. stoppages at much, much less though. It's because it's a shitty sport. Well, that's what I'm, I'm I saying. Actually, like... I, I do like boxing, but the whole I, the whole wrapping up thing is what makes it boring. Oh, that you could just yeah. Yeah, that you can just keep wrapping people up is really like I like boxing. It almost like like a combination UFC boxing where you can't take people to the ground, you can't throw kicks, but if someone's wrapping wrapping you up, it's continuous like the action, and that you can dirty box would be would be interesting. Dirty boxing is like you see it in the UFC. Someone will grab the back of your head and like throw uppercuts. So if someone mm-hmm. like wraps you up, it's not like you just kind of stand there and wait for the ref. Like it, it's it's still in motion. That would be interesting to me. All right. It's like a hybrid. A hybrid, yeah. All stand-up, all punching. Maybe I could get that going. <laughs> we got a lot of projects that I'm working on, but that could be interesting. Okay, so I read this uh, great headline. Um, we're going to segue here to uh, to life with uh, Donald Trump. So the headline that um, that I read was, Donald Trump said to Mexico that he will not negotiate NAFTA through social media. But at that point, how do you even get in touch with him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, then we're just not going to negotiate. Like, these are that, that's where he is. He's on Twitter. You got to get it going somewhere. Now, I don't like Trump. I, I think I made that clear. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna vote for him. I wasn't gonna support him. One of the things I said prior to the election was that there was all this uh, claiming that like 
he was like a white nationalist or that he was like, you know, uh, that he was an anti-Semite, that he was a racist, that he was anti-gay and that that whole side of the country was with him. And I was like, come on, we haven't seen any of that yet. Now, with what's going on, he does seem to be purposely trying to align himself with these segments of society, which makes me a a little bit more want to distance myself. But at the same time... Like, I've seen people celebrate Al Capone, which is really weird to me. Like, I've seen pictures of, like, like people have a poster of Al Capone. I don't know that much about Al Capone, but I would assume he did some pretty terrible things. He was, like, a, he was like a real gangster. Yeah. I would assume he was probably involved in, like, a lot of murders. So, to me, that's a little bit, that's, like, a weird... Direct ca- murders. Right, that's, like, a like... weird person to celebrate. But with Donald Trump, who's the ultimate scumbag, I'm kind of appreciating... The fact that he just keeps being such a fucking scumbag and kind of getting away with it. And not giving a shit. And just not giving a shit. So I saw this, Peter Peter Schiff, who, uh, no, not Peter Schiff. Um, I'm, 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 fuck, I'm forgetting the guy's name. I should have wrote it down. I'm a fucking idiot. But so part of what they're saying is that with the Arapio, um, that he was basically being let off the hook. That was the um, the old sheriff down mm-hmm. in Ar- Arizona. Was it Arizona? Yeah. I'm gonna, we're going to talk in a minute about Arizona. But so I, I thought this was... I didn't understand about the Arizona Cardinals uh, 2017 season, or if you want to, oh, okay, okay, we could we could get into that, talk some berries also. So Arapio, um, I didn't understand why Trump was going to let this guy off, and then I read this and I was like, oh, this is like actually a pretty smart political move. This is interesting. So Arapio's action was appalling and political. It also sends a message to the witnesses in the Russia investigation to keep quiet, stay loyal, and get pardoned. In other words. Trump saying, hey, man, if you're loyal to me, it doesn't matter what you get in trouble for. I'll let you off the hook. And then there's this part of me that's like, oh, this guy's a fucking gangster. Just that he's. But like, what does this guy do for him? No, it's not what this guy did for him. Well, this guy, like, uh, I, I think he was like an early Republican kind of supporter of I Trump. Know, but like, and like, hey, the Mexicans are a real problem. But it's not so much that. It's more the signaling. If you're loyal to me. Like, I'll be willy-nilly with pardons. Oh. And so it's, it's the fuck you to the system. It's the fuck you to some of these Democrats. And it also puts the incentive for people to work dirtier. Yes. It gives people, like, oh, you need... Like, he, he without even saying it, puts the pressure on these no, people he's saying, I to, will... like, you know... And he he kind of like says, greases the, the yeah, wheel saying, where like, I will use the ultimate for, of, yeah. of my political power. It is legally okay for me to pardon people. Uh-huh. Now, other people might not do it till the end of their uh, their careers because everyone but, knows that this is a scummy but thing. Push, push the limits. I'm a fucking scumbag. Yeah. You go out on a limb for me. I'll pardon you. There's a part of me. I mean, like, I hate political corruption. I hate the whole system. Is, I hate everything. But the spectacle. This is a whole new level of it. It's spect- a whole new genre of just, of just the being upfront with with your fuck yous uh-huh. i can kind of respect okay so now you being from arizona there, there's something very interesting to but me, i'm so. not yes you are you're you've always considered yourself a native you're wearing your arizona cardinal hats i never you're lived a fan a of the sport there. teams your, your grandparents are from okay. there you All never right, sh- as yeah. a kid you never shut up about the restaurant <laughs> and how great arizona is i feel like you've always affiliated yeah. oh, yourself I'm, with i'm the more sons. of like uh yeah no i, I would mean, say it, i'm a. what's it called when I, I'm, I was kind of like you celebrate that city, buddy. Yeah, that whole state. Phoenix. Yeah. It was more like I had so, the Connecticut um, consulate for Arizona. Well, listen. At this very moment, you're going to represent Phoenix for our audience. All right. You're going to you're going to tell us a little bit about the flavor of that town, the vibe of the entire state. Now, this guy Arapio, 
seem like a really evil individual. He's building these outdoor prisons that he's not giving water to people. He's making people buy stuff from vending machines. He's celebrating the fact that he's got this strict justice and that he's really putting criminals through human misery. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking criminals, I don't even know what these people's real crimes were. I'm sure you They're got drug being, offenders. I'm sure yeah. you... Yet, this guy kept getting voted in as sheriff. Now, on top of that, you take McCain. McCain is the warhawk of all warhawks. Someone spills cereal, McCain wants to go to war. I call him the Frankenstein war monster. Doesn't uh-huh. want what's going on. He's just walking, war, <laughs> yeah. war. He's also getting voted in. And makes me think that the people of Phoenix, Arizona, or Arizona, the state, are some pretty shitty people, that these are the politicians, these are your elected officials. Like, there must be someone that's running against him. Like, in some ways, these people, the worst of our politic- politicians are appealing to you guys. What's going on down there? I I couldn't even tell you. I, you know, like... You've been I don't down think, there, are people evil? Well, that's the thing. I don't think you see the vast majority when you're just kind of living in... In the small Phoenix bubble that, you know, like, the, it's a big fucking place. And, so you haven't and in, like, any other place. You just haven't even, interacted with that many people from Arizona to give me the flavor those of your typical Arizonian. Or the people that would be supporting that kind of shit. All right, I'm skeptical of the entire state. I think that there's got to be a bunch of oh, just that evil just, fucks. That is just fully corrupt. Yeah. Okay. No, I just think that you have to have, like, um, there, there must be a lot of people that are very into the kind of we need a strong military and we need a strict justice conservatives that these kind of people are getting elected and these are the worst kind of people in our political system in your mind objectively because like like while i don't like bernie sanders i mean bernie sanders is pretty horrible in terms of wealth distribution but there's still something different between wealth distribution and hey we need to be involved in every single war like, and not just be involved in every single war. Like, McCain, I, I can't tell you exactly the correlation, but the oh, guy is... I love McCain there. The guy is war, war preachy enough. He's got to have a tie-in with the military-industrial complex. Like, if the military-industrial complex have bought out anybody, it's McCain. It's definitely, yeah. He's the guy who's showing up on everything, hey, hey we got to get we gotta get involved. The Russians are... In, we got to get involved. Syria, we got to get involved. Like, uh, this, is a, this is a moral outrage, the crimes that are going on in Syria. And then you look at what's going on in Saudi Arabia. This guy, McCain wants war. He's pushing for war. Right. He's got to be bought by someone. He's got to be. There's no... Multiple I, I, people, probably. Yeah. So to me, yeah, I would say, to me, McCain's got to be the most evil politician out there. Who All do you right. think... Who who would you take uh, if we were having an evil oh, evil like American politician draft? draft? McCain might be number one. Bernie Sanders could come in probably like a number two or three. I don't... I don't really, there aren't too many other senators that like consistently make the news for horrible things. Like I could actually rattle off a fair amount of fair amount of senators. Like for example, Elizabeth Warren, who's also kind of like a big socialist kind of person, mm-hmm. she's been so at the forefront of kind of going after Wall Street for fraud. Like I, I wouldn't say she's evil. No, Bernie Sanders, fucking evil. <laughs> I know what that Jew is up to. Um, all right, we can move on from that. You didn't do a great job of defending Arizona. No, I'm, I'm not here to defend them. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll find a, a listener, someone from Arizona, who can kind of explain to us the sediment of that state and why they hate people. <laughs> <laughs> they can defend it for us. Okay, um, we kind of uh, we went a little bit out of order here, but um, Google will now do a thing. Well, it will actually ask you if you're depressed. 
Really? Like if you're searching searching like depression type topics, they'll just like they'll ask you like, "Hey, are you dealing with depression?" Now, first and foremost, that's ridiculous because if you're depressed, Google knows it. They know everything. Like they know if you've been home all day watching Netflix. They know if you've been ordering too much delivery food right. in. They know who isn't who isn't isn't depressed. Like don't pretend like you got to ask Google. You know. And then also, I work in sales. That means Google's going to become a lead generator for people like me just calling you like, hey, you need some meds? <laughs> Let me get you some meds. I, I know you're a little depressed. I, 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 you asked, I called you on behalf of Google. We were concerned for your health. Wait, have you, well, you gotten some like... fresh air today? Are you feeling a little down? <laughs> Let me help you out, buddy. I feel like Google's tipping their hands a little bit. What do you mean? They're like, as you said, like they already know. So like why? Why do why they have ask? to ask? I gotta say on that on that note, I I was diagnosed at one point with uh with ADD, which I do have ADD. Mm-hmm. But what I loved is like all of the, prior to that incident, I was seeing a ton of like YouTube ads for ADD. <laughs> I almost feel like they're they're diagnosing you. Like yeah. they know they yeah, know exactly. like they know what you're googling. They're playing <laughs> subtle hints. Like at one point, every single like before every single YouTube thing was this uh self help guy. And like I, I was asking other people if they ever saw these ads. I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, they think I'm the guy that's going to get suckered into a cult. They think I'm the fucking sucker. I'm stronger than that, Google. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, if, if you're seeing like bipolar ads on YouTube, you, like Google knows something about you. <laughs> They're warning you about your erratic habits. All right. ISIS is taking a fucking beating, dude. That's good. ISIS right. is taking a beating. So I read this article. I, see, I don't even know if, you know, it's so hard to tell these days. You mean with that's what's a happening good thing. over there? Wait, why would you think ISIS not taking a beating? I'm just saying, like, but could, this that, is what, could that lead to something else? Uh, oh, you mean a new vacuum of worse? Yeah. This is why ISIS was scarier than um, who was there beforehand. Because, Him? What? It's one guy running ISIS? No, this is what ISIS really was. was basically you, you took out Saddam Hussein, you left a vacuum in Iraq, uh-huh. and ISIS, I believe, I, I can't remember who it was, but it was formed out of like the old Iraq army, some of the generals. It was more of a political movement than it was like this religious, like uh, like people were kind of painting it as like this religious ultra-Muslim terrorist group. Mm-hmm. On the same note, they were like, I, I, unless raping women is a part of like the Muslim religion, they were like importing chicks for, for the... <laughs> soldiers to fuck i don't I, I can't imagine that's like the highest of holies of the muslim religion it seemed to me like it was a political movement kind of forged out of the old iraqi guard so you asked me who do they replace they kind of replaced the vacuum that was left by saddam hussein being no, i was asking out. who's who's gonna replace them who's gonna replace they, them i don't know which but is the scarier what, what made them scarier than saddam hussein was saddam hussein wasn't getting Sending soldiers to other countries to get into trucks and drive into traffic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like he was keeping it local. He wasn't putting out videos of him be- beheading people. Right. I mean, he um, he was doing some fucked up shit, but he was keeping it to himself. Yeah. He wasn't trying to take pride in it. It's a little or it's a little or sell himself to right. He wasn't another on, faction. He wasn't on like Facebook and social media trying to recruit hey new guys. people. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you got to get out of here. This is fun. We're fucking fighting. We're, <laughs> We're fucking spending. Just... Yeah, this is this is living. You want to get you want to get in on the action. Fuck yeah. fuck GTA. This is where it's at. <laughs> the fight's going on here. Um. So yeah, they're on the way out. They're they're taking a beating. So I read this that Iraq By forces. Who? Um. So it seems like they're almost out of Iraq, and like there were some other strongholds that they've lost. But Iraq forces take Islamic State stronghold. 
So as US-backed Iraqi, Iraqi forces penetrated Tal Afar, it becomes clear Islamic State fighters either had abandoned the city ahead of the battle to seek refuge elsewhere, or had laid down their weapons to blend in with the local population. Which to me is such a hilarious out. <laughs> it's like it's like you're there, you're shooting, you're shooting, and like they keep getting closer. You're like, all right, everybody, look busy. <laughs> it's like that scene right out of Half Baked when they're uh, when they get busted stealing the shit, and he picks up the mop to pretend yeah. like he's mopping. The other guy's like <laughs> Doing pretending, a mime. yeah, pretending like he's a mime. But then I, I like I remember reading about all these foreigners that joined ISIS, and I was thinking how funny it must be like if you're a foreigner who was in on this battle, and oh like gosh, and, shit. like the Iraqi forces come up to you, and you're a British kid, and you're like. <laughs> I'll just live here, man. <laughs> I've been taking care of my camels. <laughs> I'm doing more of like an, I don't do African accents. That's more of like a South African, bloody ISIS. <laughs> I was here just mining my donkey. <laughs> so these just, fuckers showed up. Yeah, that guy's like, ah, oh, fuck, act normal. <laughs> Shit. Like, I can't, that's yeah, literally the one thing I can't do. Like, you look a little white and sound a little British to <laughs> have just been living out here. There aren't too many tourists who just got stranded in Raqqa <laughs> or Talafar. All right. Now, sanctions. We're all over the place today. Yeah. Sanctions. You think they work at all? What's your take? Oh, As the financial wizard who works in the futures markets <clears throat> and is a Jew. You're a Jew finance guy. So if there's That's... anyone who has the real insight on what's going on in the world, it's you. Do sanctions work? No. Why is, why do you say that? I uh, I think there's always a way around them. Okay. Always lo- loopholes. That's my Jew mind. That's your Jew mind. I think you're somewhat. What do you wi- think? No, I think <laughs> I think you're somewhat right Jew. in that. <laughs> I think you're somewhat right. It's the same as creating like a black market for drugs. So if you don't allow U.S. currency, like at the end of the day, if people want to do business with these countries, it might make mm-hmm. it more difficult. But it's not like uh, unless not going to end it, right? Unless the if you get busted, like the economic repercussions are so bad that it's not worth the risk. But I can't imagine that's true. So like the same way that drugs create a black market, sanctions might just create almost empower other currencies. Like that might be theoretically it, yeah. what like empowers like a Bitcoin or a gold currency because it's the only way to get past sanctions, and so that's where the demand comes for those things. That's possible. Could be. It happens to be. So I read. Um, I think it was who was the. I always fuck up Mubarak and Gaddafi. Gaddafi was the guy in Libya, right? Mm-hmm. Mubarak was Egypt. Egypt. Yes, yeah, so they say with Gaddafi that the sanctions were kind of effective, and that's why he finally gave up his uh um his nuclear ambitions. Uh, the point being that he, they had so isolated him from the world, he's losing money. So, like, the sanctions were kind of effective there. So, I was reading about the Russian sanctions in this Week magazine article where they were talking about um, whether or not sanctions were effective. And they have this thing called the Mag- Magnitsky Act. So, this guy Magnitsky, he kind of mm-hmm. ratted out a lot of the shit that was going on in Russia. Um, now, if you become a political prisoner in Russia, terrible things happen to you. This guy died I'm in his sure. prison bed. It's not like... It's not like U.S. prisons. It's bad no, news. It's not even Arizona prisons. It's, it's bad news. That. But as a result of this guy and what he reported on, a lot of the Russian elites who used to send money out of the country, like the uh, the oligarchs of Russia, got fucked over. They got caught in the crosshairs because of what this guy reported. So wait, I'll read this one line. Um, Congress sanctioned the Russian officials responsible, specifically targeting their ability to travel abroad and move money out of their country. This infuriated members of Putin's inner circle who are accustomed to sending family and the fruits of corruption to safe havens abroad. Once your name is on a treasury sanctions list, you cannot open a bank account anywhere in the world. 
So in other words, it becomes a bit of a problem. So Putin is furious because his oligarchs are coming after him and saying, what the fuck, Putin? We're trying to live the good life here. America's not letting us send Get money abroad. Stuff, yeah. Putin responds. What do you think Putin responds by doing? This happened a couple years ago. This is like a couple years back. Does he Putin's buy them out to uh, shut up in a way? No. I'll give, you, I'll give you one more guess. Does he... Let's say you're an evil dictator and you want to get back at the United States because they're coming after you. Want to see, you need to secure your political power. Your political power is essentially that you got all these oligarchs and they go, hey, you're our best option for being in power because you protect us and you let us keep our profits. And so that's kind of the game that you're playing. You got to make these people happy. These super wealthy people being happy keeps you in power. That's your coalition. These people are pissed at you because they just got busted. Right. And you got to do something. You got to do something to get back at the U.S. You got to. You need to do something. You sit there and you're like, I got to do something to get you back get, at uh, these people to keep my oligarchs happy. What do you do? You stick Trump in charge. All right, that's not bad. No. <laughs> just you to rig the election. Just to piss everyone off. Like <laughs> you're like, who can I find that's just gonna piss everybody off? That's not bad. No. So now, what, what does he, he do? What he does is, he goes, listen, you Americans, you can't adopt Russian children anymore. <laughs> Now, here's what I'm wondering. How, how does that... Like, it was like a no soup for you, but for Russian kids. Like, <laughs> no Russian kids for you. But what... Now, what the... wealthy Americans are collecting Russian kids <laughs> that, like, that might actually piss anybody... Like, who was upset? Like, who in America was like, fuck, we, we gotta do something about this. Uh, we gotta mend things over with Russia. We can't adopt their kids anymore. I'm just shocked that that was his go-to. Like... I would think that maybe shutting down like the Russian mail order brides would be that would probably piss off more. That would be more. uh, But I just I don't know about the Russian baby market. I don't know much about the Russian baby market either. (laughs) I'm shocked that there is a Russian baby market. (laughs) I'm shocked that there's not just a Russian baby market, but there is such a large Russian baby market. This could move. That could swing things. That that yeah. That that was your go-to of hey, I got to do something. All right, I'll show them. They can't have any more of our Russian babies. I don't know. All right. Well, I like my ideas better. Yeah, I think. Well, he might have. Uh, he might have had and implemented your idea. Right. It's unclear. Okay. Now, with all that we've talked about, we've talked about everything important in the world except for this fucked up flood. Right. You, you got anything to say about the flood? Um. I, I don't know. I don't think so. The thing is, like, I mean, you gotta feel there? bad. Yeah, like, what's there to say? Like, it's just... It sucks. Unfor- yeah. It sucks. Weather came, ruined shit. It sucks. <laughs> well, I was hoping to talk to someone firsthand about what their experience down On the down scene there in is. Houston? On the scene in Houston, I understand what's going on is tragic. You're really going... You're, you're spreading your... Uh, I'm trying to become a uh, legitimate news source. Yeah, well, I know first the guy in Arkansas, then Boston, then he sent me out to Oregon... I want to talk to the people on the street. trying to hit Arizona, and now you... I want to talk to the people who are really living it. Right. Because that's how we're going to... That's how we're really going to educate ourselves. Now, sadly, we're a small news program. We spent our entire budget sending you out to Oregon. We don't have much left. And amongst... I have a cousin out in Houston, and they were, like, totally unaffected. I don't know. I don't know where... How how they got... I don't know. They were blessed. I have a feeling they're like, yeah, everything's good. I'm like, really? We're just good. That's funny. Yeah. They're just totally good. It just it, it like got we're just we're house. just like in the house. Like we're just watching a bunch of movies. We can't really do anything, but we're cool. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> what? Well, they're fat, so they'll just float anyways. 
Sorry. <laughs> are I they mean, big? Them, happen to be big. <laughs> <laughs> the Feldsteins are a big breed. Oh, this is Seagull side. Seagull side. Um, go ahead. Yeah, so I wanted to talk to someone who survived this. They could kind of tell us our tales. We could empathize with them, really learn about their struggle, prepare ourselves better for um, disaster. I know I'm not prepared. Like if something were to happen in oh, New God. York, yeah. I got a broken bike. I'm not going anywhere. No, you'd be in good shape. You're on the third floor. You mean if there was flooding? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, but then the if ro- there was like national... If I feel like the, uh, the roaches and rats would start coming up and right. I'd rather be in the fucking flood. I'd jump out the goddamn window. Uh-huh. But anyways, I wanted to get on the phone with someone who was down there. But we're a small news agency, and sadly, every single person's been contracted and booked up by people like Fox and NBC. I couldn't talk to any of them. But who I was able to get a hold of is a fan of this show who survived Katrina. Oh. And while that's a couple years back, I feel like he can still give us some More than insight. More a couple. It's like a decade back. <laughs> But, Plus. you know, you got to work with what you can. And uh-huh. I felt like he... Could you couldn't give even us... get someone from Sandy. No. You had to go back all the way to Katrina. Katrina, yeah. That was right. uh, that was the best I could do with the resources that we had. And this was a, this was a get. This was expensive okay. to get this one random kid on the phone. <laughs> I really think... <laughs> uh, we we need, really, really need to have someone look at the books. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyways, we're going to give our fan of the show... His name is Jack. Jack. He's a hurricane expert, and he's going to... Just because he was in Katrina? Yeah. How much, I mean, how many hurricanes have you been through? Sandy. Yeah, but the Sandy... So we're one, one, one for one. Sandy's a one, joke. Tied Sandy's one, a one. joke next to Katrina. No, no. Katrina was, yeah, ridiculous. Where was I for Sandy? I was around. I don't even remember... Well, how many years ago was Sandy? It's 2012. I think I made some chili. <laughs> I think right. I don't. I don't really remember. They kind of. They seem to play those things up. All right. So we're gonna. Sandy cr- was fucking huge. Well, in, like in some areas in Jersey. And yeah, Long Island. Yeah, but people weren't. It wasn't like this where people were stranded for like and needed to be rescued. I get that not there was property glo- damage, yeah, but not it wasn't glo- like right. I mean, that's what's fucked up down there. Is that you literally have a human crisis of if we don't rescue people. They're, they're stuck in their home. Di- yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fucking... That's crazy. All right. So we're going to call our hurricane expert, Jack, to report in on Katrina. <laughs> 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 to tell us everything he can about hurricanes and how to survive them. So uh, let's give Jack a call. What's up, Jack? How's it going? Good. Welcome to the Run Your Mouth podcast. We've never spoken before. It's a pleasure to be introduced to you. How's it going, buddy? Good, good. All right. I'm totally lying. Me and Jack, we just had a 15-minute conversation. We were getting into all the ins and outs of uh, hurricanes, surviving hurricanes, what these people down in Texas did wrong, and in classic run-your-mouth fashion due to our lack of uh, production, this, that, or the other thing, I never pressed record. So I'm recalling Jack, and uh, you know we're, we're going to talk hurricanes a little bit because he lives down in Florida. The man survived Katrina. He survived multiple hurricanes down in Florida. This man is the hurricane guru for how to survive hurricanes. So Jack, we got you on air. Tell us how you do it. Um, well, it's simple. You live in a house that's actually made out of, you know, it's like a three-year-old pig. You want to make sure your house is made out of the right um, sort of stuff and uh, not live in a trailer park. Right. So um, so what you're saying is surviving hurricanes is kind of like everything else in life, that if you actually have money, it's just not a big deal. Yeah. 
So hurricanes, yeah. hurricanes, it, it's a, it's a poor people problem. We don't even need to really address it. <laughs> oh, what a horrible sentiment. So what you're saying is people, if you actually build your house as well, there's like a way to kind of build your house that if things flood, you're not going to destroy your house. Yeah. As far as the wind goes, yeah, there's water, um, like Miami beach has had flooding problems for years. They just installed a bunch of um, just massive pumps to just pump all the water out. And um, that's something you don't really see in parts of the country that aren't South Florida because you're just not thinking about that right well i think it's human nature to kind of procrastinate install and no one likes to make decisions until they actually have to so i think that's like places like texas and new orleans these places evolve once they have to no one no one really thinks ahead or improves infrastructure until bridges collapse which is dumb that's not good that's not why um we have government or people who are supposed to be kind of looking out for us but at the end of the day budgets are tight and if you haven't had a hurricane in your city for 10 years, I don't think anyone's like thinking, hey, we got to we got to double the levees just in case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. No, no, no. So how did you end up in uh, in Florida for New Orleans? Were you guys originally living down in New Orleans and you're like, hey, let's go to another area that has hurricanes? What was the thought there? Oh, uh, no, we got hit by Katrina uh, before it actually hit New Orleans. Oh, okay. You mean so actually, you guys? Look, right. If you actually look at the path, um, the I think it was about a Category One or a Category Two when uh, it hit us. But it was already like a full, fully formed hurricane, and it just smashed right into um, like literally the eye of it went right over my house. And right. It just put up more. more. Now, I, I, I know nothing about this. I know that when it came to Katrina, and this was part of what was really sad about it, was they said that, like, the levee breaking um, became, like, an act of God or something, so, like, a lot of the insurance companies weren't liable for the damages. Now, I would assume what's going on down in Texas, like, if you've got flood protection on your home, um, like, I know people who have had, like, trees fall down in their houses in a storm, and then they actually got a big enough insurance check, they were able to expand their homes. Not that anyone's like, yeah, a tree fell on my house, but in the long run, yeah. they were safe, they were able to go somewhere, they were able to rent a house, it was covered by insurance, that's why people pay into insurance. Um, from your knowledge of hurricanes, like, the people in Texas, are they gonna be fucked, or, like, if you were a reasonable human being and you had proper insurance, like, you're not gonna be without yeah. a home? Um, again, I'm not too, I mean, I sold life insurance for a little bit, but I'm not too familiar with, uh, like, windstorm and that sort of thing. Jack, you're supposed to be my Um, hurricane expert. Yeah, so, the windstorm insurance is basically, like, hurricane-related, um, insurance. Um, so, I know in Florida, like, for, to get a mortgage, you're actually required to carry this insurance. Uh, but for the most part, a lot of people, after, you know, you pay off your house, you get rid of it because, especially down here where there's, like, a, a limited amount of land, um, you know, the property value, you know, you could easily just flip your house after it got destroyed and someone would just put up a big mega mansion. Oh, that's interesting. So in Florida, it's almost not worth the cost of insurance because if your house gets wiped away, you now have a clean lot and you can just kind of sell it and move somewhere else. So it's not like it's not like you're out your entire life savings. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I'm not saying like 100 percent people, but they're like, I know that's what, you know, my parents are doing with their house. Right. Um, they're not they're not they're not carrying insurance because if it goes, it goes. I, I get it. That makes sense. Now, what seems to me of what like what the real takeaway from 
Katrina and also from like what happened in Texas is obviously like these instances are tragic. And if people are um, losing their homes, that's tragic. And rebuilding cities that like that's a pain in the ass. But at the end of the day, you know, we do have to deal with the elements of nature. And so you're going to have these freak occurrences, earthquakes and and this, that, or the other thing. It seems like the one thing that we're really not prepared for that we should be is just the emergency response. Like, I'm shocked that with all the money that's spent, with how big our military is, that like that that there needs to be a civilian response. Like, I'm shocked that like this doesn't happen and right away they don't just mobilize the fucking Navy or Army to go down there and just rescue every single person within a day. Like, it just seems like it shouldn't be a big deal. Um, like in your opinion, why isn't that not just like taken care of? Well, part of it is, I mean, you know, it's when you haven't had a big storm in a long time, you're more likely to sort of cut that sort of service because it's like, well, you know, we're not really using it that much. Um, but you know, you've got up an interesting uh, point with the military. Um, there's actually enough. I'm not 100% sure if this work. By the way, I just want to say, I, I just want to say this is so true to the show and hilarious that I'm I, like, you're, you're a random fan of this show and I called you like you're the expert on this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to continue. I, I got to get my broadcasting skills up. So I feel like I'm asking the right questions, whether or not you come back with the right answers. That's just the run your mouth podcast in its perfect form. So just make this sound like, you know what you're talking about. So go for it. What's yeah. going on down there with the military? So, um, so, basically, there's, you know, and this gets typed up in the paper every now and, now and then, but there, I think this came out in, the, like, 70s or 80s, but there was a, uh, a plan to actually drop a nuclear bomb in the eye of one of these hurricanes, and the idea being that, you know, the big exposure would just sort of dissipate all the clouds and just sort of push them away and it would um it would stop the hurricane basically that sounds to me like it would just make for a really bad whoopsies moment, you know. Like <laughs> that's like a, that's a, just a hard thing to experiment with, where you're like, "All right, guys, we got a plan. We're gonna send a nuke into the storm. We're gonna beat water with a nuclear bomb." I feel like everyone sitting at home would be like, "I don't think water works that way," but okay, scientist. And then like, you know, maybe that's what King Jong Un is doing. He's just trying to help us out with these uh, upcoming hurricanes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we get typhoons over in uh, Asia, which Right. I gotta tell you, so yeah, even that could, that could be that. That's probably why it's developing these little <laughs> I gotta tell you, even if that was successful, like if the, I live in New York, if there was a hurricane coming for New York, and they said like they were doing a vote, hey guys, um, they were able to get rid of like the last one with the nuclear bomb explosion. We're all gonna vote on this. I would vote again. I'd be like, no, nah, that sounds fucking crazy. I'll take my chances with the water. Yeah, you might have to deal with the, uh, you know, like three ice fishing from the sensors and uh, whatnot. Yeah. Now, you you have a boat, right? Uh, we have kayaks. You have kayaks. Oh, so you can't really get a kayak down there to, uh, to get in on the rescue action. Yeah, and then also, I think, because this is where we are, you know, even if we did have a boat, it would be like a, you know, like a 20-something hour drive because you'd have to go all the way up through the boat. Right. So at that point, that time, uh, if, it was fixed. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
All right. I'm thinking what else I've kind of caught of the rescue efforts, because just from what I'm watching, it's crazy to me that there's still people stuck out there, like, in their homes. Like, I, I can't... It just it shocks me that the government doesn't have that down to a science, that they can't just, like, that incidences like this happen and they don't just call up the military and go, okay, we're going to quit pretending like we're going to war with Syria or worrying about North Korea. We actually have a job to do at home. We're sending everyone in there. Let's make sure that no one's stuck in their homes. Like, I, I don't know. I'd have to do some research on why they don't just do that right away. I mean, when it came to Katrina, that was like an epic failure to the extent by which they didn't, like, uh, you know, send the troops in or anything. Um, I think, well, the biggest thing is, you know, Trump's doing that whole, you know, wing surge in Afghanistan, so his priority as far as, you know, the military goes is, yeah, he's increasing the budget, but it's going to, like, just bomb other countries instead of, like, I saw something, again, this is a liberal source, um, I saw this, um, but he, like, cut the uh, Coast Guard funding by 15%. Right. So it's like, so clearly there's priorities here, guys. Like we could, we're all paying, we're all forcing to the system that we're paying for tax dollars. And if you want to give us the choice of, hey, do you want more of your tax dollars allocated so that we can rescue people if there's an incident at home like a hurricane? Or do you want more of your tax dollars being allocated to make sure that we can afford bombs for third world countries? We've made the decision of let's invest in the bomb for third world countries. Afghanistan hasn't been bombed enough over the last couple of years. They still have some sand left there. We really want to make sure that there's no sand, that there's no that there's no caves left. Like we want to make sure that there's really nothing of value left over there. So that's where we're going to put our money. Fucking crazy. Yeah. So what have you seen uh, of the hurricanes that you've been in? What have you seen of like the post like I guess of the people's homes that were wiped away, do, you, do a lot of them that they couldn't really afford better just end up like in a government trailer park from this? Like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, we sort of um, live in sort of like, you know, uh, like my family bought it like just the right time uh, into the neighborhood where we live right now. And um, we're like, we're basically the token Irish Catholic family in a Jewish neighborhood. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, but it's, you know, local demographics, so we, you know, in terms of just, you know, houses getting knocked down, there wasn't too many, but, um, the big thing for us was, uh, power. Um, we've got, so Katrina, we had our, um, electricity knocked out for about a week, week and a half, and I, right after Katrina hit New Orleans, there was another storm, Hurricane Wilma, which um, it wasn't as strong as Katrina because it hit us from uh, you know, the West Coast, but it did more damage in the fact that um, you know every single resource was into rebuilding uh, New Orleans, and there just like weren't any. Um, there just weren't any power line trucks. So I think we lost power for about three weeks after, um, you know, we got hit by that. And what, what do you do then? You just kind of grill outdoors, you turn it into a tailgate party? Yeah. Uh, well, what we ended up doing is... Um, or you just go out... Like you, or you just go out looting. You're like, hey, it's a week without power, no rules, guys. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, week, so the school I was going to um, had this sort of like camping class uh, program, and we had a trip schedule. And the uh, teacher who was in charge of it was like, hey, you know, you guys just want to go camping? Like, we planned it? And we're like, yeah, sure. 
Oh, because it's like, yeah, we don't have any power anyways. We could just camp on the front lawn yeah. right now. All right, so while I got you on the phone, uh, you emailed in. You've been a fan of Rob's new, uh, of the Run Your Mouth podcast for a little while now. I feel like you've, you've probably been on board for about 15, 20 episodes. Would you say that's accurate? Um, yeah, about that. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I heard about you guys from, um, problem. So, uh, oh, have you been, uh, have you been a long time listener over there? Um, yeah, well, I heard, I heard about part of the problem from, you know, Harvey's podcast the last time, um, you know, Dave went on there. The State of the Union. Um, we did that episode. Got you. So while I got you on air, you got any uh, you got any questions for me or any any information you want me to relate to old Davy Smith? Um. Well, uh, did my first uh, open mic a few nights ago. So. Oh, you're getting um, you're getting into the comedy racket. Yeah. Good for you. Was it brutal? Um. It wasn't, I mean, for not having a set prepared, I think I did okay. Um, you know, one of my friends is, uh, you know, that I knew from, like, elementary school was, uh, you know, doing the show, and then we went to, like, an open mic afterwards, and I figured, hey, screw it, I'll just go up there, you know, I had a couple of beers in me, and, uh, it was set, so, if you want to see my, uh, shitty-ass, uh, comedy set, I can email that to you. Did, uh, wait, did you have any jokes written at all, or you just completely won it? Um... Yeah, it was sort of just stuff I'd been thinking about, because um, I've been thinking about getting up for a while, and um, yeah, it was a lot of, like, they put in, mo- like, most of it was just ripping on the Marlins from the big long span, um, so yeah. Right. Not that I've had any, any success in life or in comedy, so I can't really preach how to be successful, because I haven't gotten there yet, but I still live my life by this philosophy, and I think it's true. If you're interested in something, just do the work and just show up. Like, I've seen people advance in their careers just because they were there. So if you got an interest in comedy, you know, don't... In my opinion, comedy is, like, super hard. You kind of can't do it, like, casually. It's like, there's nothing fun about getting up in front of a room of people who don't think you're funny. So if you're interested, dude, just just write some jokes. Just keep showing up to open mic. And, you know, you look a couple years later and you're like, wow, I don't suck at this as much. (laughs) <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the 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 progression on that. All right, th- dude. Thanks for uh, thanks for taking my call. Thanks for giving us some uh, some good insights on surviving hurricanes and uh, hurricane life out in you know these shitty areas that you know get get hurricanes. What are like the other big natural disasters that people confront? You get hurricanes. You get volcanoes. You get earthquakes. I guess in the Northeast. Yeah, you can... I mean, yeah, down in you know down in the Miami area. I mean it's. Literally, hurricanes are like the only real natural disaster we uh, consistently get. You know, every now and then there'll be like a wildfire out in the Everglades. But right, right. In California, they get wildfires, and then the other one that you can consider is like I think like in Baltimore, every couple of years they get like crazy amounts of cicadas. So like you can also get you know like lo- yeah. lo- like, it's like, it's like yeah, it's like seventeen years, and then they just all sort of like come up from the ground and just start. Yeah, it's like a fucking plague. That's a nightmare, dude. I would, I would not like that. That, oh god, that that sounds just like the fucking worst. Just bugs everywhere. I fucking hate bugs. That would, that would make me lose my mind. I bet the suicide rate goes up when those cicadas come out. People are just like, fucking, I'm out. This is not, this is not gonna work. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks so much for taking my call. Be in touch. We'll have you back on. All right. Later, dude. Thanks.